Oh, there's going to be a lot of fighting in the General Assembly. A lot of fighting in the General Assembly. They're very happy for a Guy Relford, the gun guy here at 93 WIBC. Uh, the uh, constitutional carry uh, provision, uh, HB 1077, lawful carry, is out of the Public Policy Committee, a uh, vote of 9 to 3, and it will go to the floor of the House. Let's see if uh, if Republicans can actually get this done this time like they should. I do favor constitutional carry. It doesn't mean you don't do a background check, just for those people who don't know what what it is that, that, that they're talking about. It, it, it's always bothersome to see the amount of people who don't know what they're talking about. As for other things in the General Assembly that are taking top line, uh, you've got yourself... Uh, Senate Bill 167, this is the critical race theory bill. We're not going to teach critical race theory in schools, and people are like, well, this is a a piece of legislation in search of a problem because we don't teach critical race theory. Uh, It happens very, very often, and we should be opposed to teaching bigotry. Maybe we need to start there. Do we all oppose teaching bigotry? Because I, I, I don't think that's the case. And I think that for many in the political left, they have never once thought of themselves as the bigots. Well, of course not. But if you teach kids that they are guilty for their existence, that is bigotry. And if you teach kids they are always oppressed because of their existence, that is that is also bigotry. There's a story about the National Association of Independent Schools. And, and, and is it is it uh, Park Tudor that's a part of this and a couple other private schools? Park Tudor. Now, they're engaged in, in some real awful wokeness. My gosh. Real awful wokeness going on at Park Tudor. I, 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 I don't quite know how people stay. But, you know, teach their own. Teacher, I'm sure there are still good teachers and all that jazz, but if if you want to teach critical race theory and anti-racism and be proud of it, and when parents ask questions, you call them bigots and tell them to leave, yeah, you're you're not a top-notch educational powerhouse, just in case you're curious. So the uh, group, the National Association of Independent Schools, uh, had a 2021 People of Color Conference which in and of itself could be seen as bigotry. When you create a safe space, only students of color allowed. Yeah, that's a, it, it, it is what it is. Don't talk to me about segregation. You're doing it your damn selves. So they have this uh, conference. Uh, it was 100 teachers, uh, support and training presentations and seminars, and it was all based on this idea of diversity, equity, inclusion, all based on this idea of anti-racism. And this got said. Kindergartners, I want to say to you that kindergartners are natural social justice warriors. Like I mentioned before, I see this all the time on the playground. That's unfair. And this is why it's unfair. This is the reason that, that it's unfair. And I think if we just build upon the mindset of a kindergartner that it is fantastic you can get them to do fabulous things if you're already planning on how to utilize kindergartners to become social justice warriors do you really think you should be allowed to teach do you not understand the bigotry involved 
Or do you believe that you are so just that this is all okay? In the um, graphic that is next to this woman speaking, it says diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and then it reads, the first three terms are the standard. My favorite part of the year is when we talk not just about injustices, but what we can do about it. Kindergartners are natural social justice warriors. So this is an admission that you're talking about what you perceive as injustices. Is this the role of the teacher? I say no. This goes along with a lot of conversations about social-emotional learning. The idea that the school needs to teach kids how to deal with big issues, how to deal with conflict. My problem is that based on what it is that not every teacher, and this is why it becomes a difficult conversation, but so many things that we see here, like, for example, this, See this teacher? This teacher has no ability to teach my children about social-emotional learning. She doesn't have it. I don't trust her. I don't trust her to help my kids engage in how they can deal with conflict. Mainly because that's my job. But she doesn't have the skill set. As a matter of fact, she would be hurting my kids, not helping them. Teachers believe, and I'm using that, that, that term you know, in, in full, but uh, we'll say some. Some teachers believe, some unions believe, that it's their job to do this for kids. They're not getting this education at home. My belief is that's not your job. When you make that your job as opposed to the actual education of the subject matter, you're confusing the purpose of the school. Now, that happens a lot. And one of the places that has happened, for example, is in the idea of meals. So we have schools that feed kids all across the country. Kids don't get fed without schools. And therefore, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that we need to ensure that the kids are providing, that the schools are providing nutrition to kids, because after all, how are they going to get it? So therefore, you continue to make the school and school the school more and more important, uh, more and more necessary. People become more and more dependent on it. I see that as a negative. The parent needs to be feeding the child. I make no argument that not every parent is capable of doing so, that people do come upon hard times. But we don't do ourselves any good. We create no value by creating a dependency on the schools. And once you create that dependency, how do you get off of it? And if they're providing the meals, well, then they have to provide this kind of learning because the parents can't do it. And you further extricate the parent from the relationship with their child. It becomes purposeful, which is why I oppose, for example, Senate Bill 63 put forth by Senator J.D. Ford. That talks about making sure you're providing proper educational uh, opportunities and no discrimination based on, for example, gender identity. And people would naturally say, well, you don't want to discriminate against a kid. Kids can't decide their own gender. I've had this argument on social media. I've had this argument in other places. You're codifying that children can do this. That's not the role of the school. But you're making it the role of the school because, after all, the school has to nurture these children because the parents aren't. Do you understand how deep this, this, this fight is? How fundamental it is?
and why I support parents standing up.